Hey Velocity, welcome to today's podcast. We're so excited to hear how your life has changed by Velocity Church. And if your life has been impacted, feel free to send us an email at amen at findvelocity.org. Now, sit back and enjoy the message. But as we close out this series today, I want to bring things back full circle. We've, we've talked about growing your gift. We've talked about holding your charge, how to increase your reach. We started by talking about how to find your flow. And I hope that over the course of the series, you found it. But the truth is, it's not enough just to find it. You got to keep it flowing. And the key to keep it flowing is consistency. Frequency is key to flow, to keep things flowing in any endeavor, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your leadership, whether it's your walk with God, consistency and frequency is key. And so I want to speak on that subject today by looking at a passage of scripture in John chapter 15. And where we're going to land at today is really just hours before Jesus is betrayed and given over to be crucified. And and what that means is that this chapter, this passage, this interaction that we're looking at is some of Jesus' final moments with his disciples. How many of you know that last words are important, right? Especially if somebody knows that this is going to be some of their last moments, some of their last words, those words carry weight. Since this is our final installment, this may be the most important message in this series. But Jesus knew very well that he was leaving, and there's one thing that he wanted his disciples to understand, and that's the advantage of abiding. The advantage of abiding. So let's take a look at this together in John chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. It says, I am the vine, the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Saying, In other words, you're already on the right track. You're doing things right. But in verse 4 it says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you also remain in me. I want to speak to you today in our final installment from this subject. Activate your advantage. Activate your advantage. Let's pray and we'll ask God to help us as we look to his word. God, we thank you so much for your truth and for your word. God, I'm thankful that Whenever we open up your word, you speak to us, and I'm asking that you would do the same thing today. God, we don't take it for granted that we have an opportunity to come together as a body of believers, that we have an opportunity to come together and hear from you and hear your word. And God, I'm asking that as we open up your word, that we hear exactly what we need to hear, that you would take this message, personalize it to each one of us. Help me, Father, to communicate it. And I thank you that you will. I believe you will. In Jesus' name, and everybody who agrees with that can say amen. Hey, how many of you would agree that we are obsessed with sparkle in our society? Let me define Like, we're obsessed with shiny and new. Some of you, I said sparkle, you immediately thought of radiant. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> we're obsessed 
with what's next and what's new. And I'm not down on that. I mean, I love new things. I love nice things as much as the next person. But I think sometimes we can be so obsessed with what's next and what's new that we never discover the advantage of abiding. The advantage of abiding. Now, I gotta be honest with you, I'm a little conflicted when I talk about this message because when I'm talking about your advantage, I'm talking about your routine. And I would tell you that routine is not something that most of us aspire to. Like, that's not the word that we want to define our life. Hey. How is life going? Well, you know, routine, same old, same old, you know, day in, day, just daily grind, just working that, you know, it's nothing exciting, nothing new. But I want to tell you that I believe routine is underrated. Routine is, is underrated. And I think the reason it's underrated is because most of us are familiar with a bad kind of routine that can cause trouble in our lives. And I'll just list a few of them for you in case you don't know. Like, like for instance, there's a stagnant sort of routine. That's the kind of routine where you never change anything in your life because you're just comfortable. You know, you're, you're just kind of, well, you know, I'm, I would change, but it just, just feels good here. Just, you know, no, no ambition for the future, no, no desire to see things different. It's just comfortable where you're at. So you never change, just a stagnant routine. There's a routine that's stupid. That's the kind of routine where you keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, but you never get a different, you know, just keep hitting your finger with the hammer. Oh, like, ouch, that hurts. Ouch. But just the stupid thing. Well, you know, it's just, just the way I, I just a stupid routine. Uh, there's a routine that's stubborn. Some of you are sitting next to this kind of routine, stubborn routine. Just, you know, I'm, I am the way I am. I'm just, just, being, just being me. No, you're just being stubborn. That's what you are. It's a routine that's scared. And that's where you don't change because you're scared of what change might mean and what change might bring in your life. And you're fearful and so scared to change. So you just keep things the same. But I don't want to talk about any of those today. I want to talk about a routine that's sacred. A routine that's sacred. See, routine gets a bad rap. Because when we think of routine, we think of something that's monotonous, something that's dull, something that's repetitive. But I want to tell you today that routine is a powerful word. Routine is a gift. Routine is your advantage. In fact, I would tell you that routine may be your only advantage. Because, see, like, I like to mix it up. I, I, I value that. But what really got me thinking about this is as I was reading through this chapter, John chapter 15, and you can do it on your own, over and over again, Jesus uses this word, remain. Remain. Remain in me just as I remain in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit unless it remains in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And as I was thinking about all the things that I want to see happen in my life, the, the goals, the dreams, aspirations, I realized about how many of them are rooted in remaining. They're rooted in routine. For example, I want to pastor the same church 
This isn't like, you know, a stepping stone for me. This isn't something that I'm trying to, I'm just doing while I figure out what I really want to do. I don't have aspirations of going off to something like this is it for me. Pastoring the same church. I want to reach more people, but just being in the same, like the consistency of that day in, day, like that would be success for me. I want to live in the same city. I'm not after, you know, well, when I retire one day, I'll get a, you know, beach house in Florida. No, that's not my thing. I just want to remain right here in this city and see the impact that this church can have over a lifetime. I want to remain with the same woman, married to the same woman, that woman. Like, that is success for me. My, my goals are oriented around remaining. And I realize as I say that, I mean, for some of you, that might sound kind of monotonous. For some of you, that might seem kind of repetitive. But here's what I want to tell you, and this is my first point, is that if you resist what's repetitive, you'll miss what's remarkable. If you resist what's repetitive, you'll miss what's remarkable. And if that's the only thing you write down today, this whole Sunday was worth it, let me tell you. In fact, we give you those pens so you can write something down with them. If you don't write anything down with them, we charge you extra in the offering. But if you write something down with them, you can keep them for free. If you resist what's repetitive, you'll miss what's remarkable. And this whole series, every single week, we've been talking about really how to grow in your leadership. Now, I said grow your gift last week, but each week I've given you some different keys for how you can become a better leader, how you can grow. And the truth is, Jesus said, when you think about how things grow in your life, I want you to think about your relationship with me and think about your relationship with me as a vine. Think about how that works. Now, you got to understand, like, the vine is not the part that, like, runs along the windowsill. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He's in a vineyard. There's grapes. The vine is like the trunk that comes out of the ground. It's it's the part that gives life to all the branches. It's the part that's sustaining life. And he says, look, I am what is in the ground bringing forth life. And you're the branch. And if you remain connected to me, stay connected, stay consistent. If you remain, you'll find your flow. You'll increase your reach. You'll hold your chart. You'll grow your gift if you remain. You'll have blessings of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith. You'll have even in seasons where you feel barren, you'll bear fruit. If you remain, stay consistent, stay connected day in, day out, same old, same old. And this is the analogy that Jesus, is, that Jesus used. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Now, most of us don't read it this way. We read it like this. I am the true vine. My father is the genie. Because we don't really want a gardener God. We want, we want a genie God. You know, we, we want a God where we can, you know, rub our Bible, get a little bit of that God luck in our life. Where we, 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 we want a God where, where this equals this. That, that's, that's what we want in our life. But Jesus said, that's not the way it works. When you think about your relationship with me, I want you to realize that 
God is a gardener. And when he surveyed all the analogies he could have used about the way God works in our life, with, with whatever you're wanting God to work in your life, whether it's to grow your leadership, whether it's to take these things that we've learned and turn them into, a, you know, make them effective, whether it's to help you in your marriage, to just grow in your relationship with him. He says, let me put it in a way that you'll understand. Think of your God as a gardener. Now see, when Jesus said these words, the disciples were sad because this isn't what they were expecting to hear. You, you got to realize that at this point, they've been walking with Jesus for three years now. They've been following him. They, they've been seeing the miracles that he've worked. They've been hearing him talk about what he came to do. And they recognize that they're coming to the end of the season because Jesus has been dropping hints about, hey, my, my time is coming and, and this is how you're going to know and this is what's going to take place. And so when Jesus says this, they're expecting that he's going to be sitting on the throne as king and he's going to you know, turn wrong things right. And he was going to do that. And he did do that. He just didn't do it in the way that they expected. See, and I find their response like both admirable and laughable. Like I admire the fact that they thought for just following Jesus three years, that a lifetime of the things that they have been hoping for, the things that they had been, that they thought in just three short years of following God, that everything was going to be set right. I mean, that's amazing faith. But can I tell you, the reason I find it laughable is because I wonder how many times I've done the same thing, right? Oh, like you thought you could just come one week and get the answer for the leadership challenges that you're facing. And then you're wondering, why didn't this work? Well, I tried, I tried to find my flow, but it just didn't work. That's because you didn't work it. It takes time. I'll tell you, even in my, in my own life, just this week, this is pretty amazing, but in my own life, this week, God answered a prayer that I'd been praying for seven years. Seven years. I didn't know it was going to take seven years when I started praying that prayer. I thought it was going to take a month. But Jesus says, remain in me because some things take time. You can't get a six-pack just because you work out five days for a week. It takes some time. And all those things that the disciples expected, everything they were hoping for, Jesus would do. But he was changing their perception of what God in the flesh was like. And so to explain it to them, he, he comes upon a cluster of grapes. Apparently they're walking along through a garden. And he's trying to put it into context where they can understand. He says, you see these grapes? You see this vine? You see how this fruit was produced. That's the way that God is going to produce his will, his purpose, and his plan in your life. He's, he's a gardener. And if you try and approach him like a genie, like you just rub the lamp one time and it comes out, you're going to be disappointed because it doesn't work that way. The fruit comes when you embrace the process of routine. Think about this. Things that grow in a garden, they, they grow in the dirt. There's nothing exciting about dirt. 
right? I mean, it's just dirt. But the dirt is the thing that grows the seed. And think about this in your own life. The, the seed is the gifts that God has put in you. The, the seed is the potential that's in you. The, the seed is God's word that's in your life. But God uses mundane circumstances to grow it. You don't realize when you're on that job that seems so monotonous that God is using that job to actually produce leadership in you. You, you don't realize that in that situation that just seems so repetitive, seems, seems like that there's nothing special about it, that God is actually using that to grow his purpose in your life. And if you resist what's repetitive, you'll miss what's remarkable. Now, the problem is we see great results that people have in their life, and we think, okay, I want those results, whatever those results are. Anytime, you know, whether somebody's a great leader or they've got peace or joy or they're efficient with their time or whatever it is, how do I get those results? Here's what I want to tell you. This is my second point. To obtain the results, you have to maintain your resolve. To obtain the results, you have to maintain your resolve. I'll put it another way. Don't admire the results if you're not going to acquire the routine. Jesus said, remain in me. What was so fascinating as I was reading this chapter, in John chapter 15, that word remain, it appears 12 times. The Greek word appears 12 times in this chapter. Now, when I see something like that, I take note of it because you got to understand, like, the Bible is intentional. There's not stuff in there that just happens by accident. Like, it's very intentional. And it might just be interesting for you to note that the number 12 in Scripture, it represents God's power and authority. It, it speaks to this divine process, this order, this, this system, this rule that he has put in place. You think about it like with the 12 tribes of Israel or, or the 12 disciples. It's this speaks of this system, this order. I wonder if it says remain 12 times just to speak to the fact that if we want God's power in our life, we need to honor the authority and the system and the process that he's put in place. And I bring that up because sometimes we look at people that have a certain amount of success, a certain amount of results, whatever it is. They're a great leader. They're, they're, you know, they're, they have the physical results or financial results or whatever it is. And we think, man, if I could just have that. Or, or we, we rationalize or explain away, you know, like, well, they had some connections that I didn't have. Or, or they had a lucky break that I didn't have. They had you know, some kind of opportunity that I didn't have. They, they, you know, they just got, like, can I just tell you, it only looks lucky. They practice that. They, they practice that. You don't get a lifetime of blessing from a lucky moment. You got to practice that. So when you see somebody who has supernatural joy in their life, supernatural peace in their life, or somebody who's leading and, and, and you see the, these principles we've talked about operating in their life. Can I just tell you, they practice that. They, they, they practice that. It didn't just happen. I'll show it to you from a biblical example. Because when I think about leadership, 
one of the people that I think about is Joshua. Joshua was an amazing leader. Joshua was a, a great leader. Joshua was the guy hand-selected to be the successor to Moses. Moses was the guy that led the nation of Israel out of Egypt, but Joshua was the guy that got to lead them in. And Joshua, he was the guy that when everybody else thought it was impossible to possess the land that God had promised them, when everybody else thought there was no way that, that they could conquer these giants, Joshua said, come on, let's do it. If God's force, it can be against, let, let's go in. Our, our God is bigger than these guys. But Joshua also knew something about routine. Because when they first got their marching orders, this instruction that God gave them didn't make a lot of sense on the surface. You got to keep in mind that, that the Israelites had been marching and wandering around the wilderness for 40 years. And now they get their instruction to go into the promised land. And the place that they're supposed to go is they're supposed to defeat this city called Jericho. Jericho is the first city on their path to enter the, the promise. It's very strategic. It was a key to conquering the rest of the land. And God said, you don't have to fight them. I'm going to fight your battles for you. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to walk around the city. See, Jericho, it wasn't a very big city, but its walls were really high. He said, I want you to walk around the city. And I'm going to show you, I'm going to give you the victory. So it says, here's the instruction. On, on the first day, I want you to march around. And that's all I want you to do. Just, just march around. Day two, I want you to just march around. Day three, march around the city. Day four, God's getting a little repetitive. March around the city. Day, day five, march around the city. Day six, march. And on the seventh day, I want you to march around in the same way that you've marched, only I want you to march around seven times. And on the seventh time, the walls are going to fall down. So Joshua, what, what's he do? He gathers people and says, this is what God told me. So we're going to march around. And he doesn't really tell them everything. He just says, this is what we're doing. I mean, they have no idea really how this is going to play out. But he's obedient. He's obedient. Because obedience is key. Can I just tell you, it's not the revelation, it's your response to the revelation. So it's not just what you hear today, it's what you do with what you hear that determines how it's gonna play out in your life. And so they march around the city. They do it on the first day. They do it on the second day. They do it on the third day. They do it again on the fourth day. Fifth day, march around again. Sixth day, what are we doing today, Justin? We're gonna march around the city. Seventh day, says this in Joshua 6, 15. It says, they marched around the city in the same manner which they had marched around all the previous days. Except on that day is when the walls fell down. And the thing is, you never know when that day is going to be. You wake up, it feels like just an ordinary day. It feels like here I am doing the same thing. Now, Josh, God had given this instruction to Joshua, but the people marching didn't know that. They had no idea that this was going to happen. 
And you have no idea what God wants to do when you just stay faithful in the routine. And so many people, they don't see anything happen. And so they give up in the process. They don't obtain the results because they don't maintain their resolve. And if you don't embrace the routine, you'll never see the change that God wants to bring. People join the gym, they quit the gym. People start a diet, stop a diet. People stop reading their Bible plan because they don't see anything different. But if you don't maintain your resolve, you won't obtain the results. So you may have to do this a while. That's the power of routine. Now, I learned a lot about the power of routine when I hired a trainer, started working out with a trainer. And I always hesitate to bring this up because I know some of you, like you're looking at me like, you work out with the trainer? Shut up, okay? I fired him. But I did learn a lot from him in the process because it's one thing you gotta know about working out with a trainer, any instructor that you hire, like when you hire them, you are basically hiring them to watch you. Like they're gonna show you something at first and then they're just going to watch you do that. You're basically paying for a friend. That's how I look at it. But I, I, I hired him, and he's showing me how to do this, and he's watching me do it. And, and what he showed me is, see, it's not just enough to practice it. you got to practice the right way, or you're going to hurt yourself. See, practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. And I wonder if maybe that's why some of us are struggling in our leadership is because we've gotten into habits that are harmful rather than helpful. We haven't activated our advantage. We've fostered our flaws. We haven't gotten into a routine. We've gotten into a rut. We've gotten into habits that are hurtful. We've gotten into a habit of procrastination, a habit of avoiding tough issues, a habit of apathy, a habit of indifference. And for some of us, that's the way we've been doing God. We've gotten into habits with God that are not helpful. It's not a life-giving routine. It's just a, a ritual. But Jesus said, this is supposed to be a life flow. Your routine is your advantage. It gives life to those things that, that are important to you. You know, I, I wonder if for some of us, the reason that we feel like there's no power in our life is because for us, Jesus is just a weekly activity, not a daily priority. It's not a life-giving routine. It's just, it's, an, it's a ritual. And so you've got to repeat the right things the right way so you can actually bear fruit in the process. So let's talk about this in the context of church. That, that means when you give, you don't give to just check it off your list. You give with a grateful heart. That means when you worship, you don't worship because that's what you're supposed to do. You worship because you get to. You're worshiping with the family of God. You're worshiping 
the creator. That, that means when you serve, you don't do it from some place to kind of make yourself feel good, affirmation for your own merit. You do it because you recognize that you've got something to give. So what I want to tell you is, how do, how do you activate your advantage? This is how. You repeat the right things until the routine is the reward. Repeat the right things until the routine is the reward. See, what I'm trying to tell you is that routine isn't the recipe for results. Routine isn't the means to an end. Your routine is actually your reward. And I want to help you understand this in, in the same way that was helpful for me. I, I told you that this entire series, it came from a group that I led over the summer uh, called Leadership Coffee, and we would meet and have coffee and we'd talk about leadership. And when I came to this week where I was talking about the power of routine, the advantage of routine, I talked about it and we were discussing it. And uh, uh, someone in the group, uh, she, she spoke up and said, we're talking about what routine means to you. She said, you know, uh, routine has a completely different meaning for me because she's got a dance background. She used to choreograph and instruct people in dance. She said, when I think of routine, and, and in my world, routine is the finished product. Routine is, is the finished product. In other words, your routine is your reward. And it changes everything when you begin to see it this way. Routine isn't the means to an end. Routine isn't the recipe for results. Your routine is your reward. One of my favorite scriptures that's been so meaningful to me, and it's kind of an obscure scripture, but just God's used it to explain so many things in my life. It's in John chapter 4. And it comes after a long time of ministry. Jesus has been meeting needs, been working miracles. He's been ministering to people. And his disciples, as is often the case, the, the disciples, their mind is on food. They're thinking, Jesus, you need to eat something. Jesus, you've been doing all this ministry. Jesus, you're tired. Jesus, take a break. Jesus, get something to eat. And he says, I have food to eat that you don't know anything about. And they said, well, did somebody feed him? Did somebody sneak him some bread? Did he get some communion that we didn't see? What, what's going on? He says, no, my food is to do the will of the, my father who sent me and to finish his work. In other words, this is nourishing to me. This is a life flow for me. This, see, when you, when you see it this way, it's not a grind. It's a grace. When you see it this way, it's something that's helpful to you. When you see it this way, that's where you're serving, but you're getting way more out of it than you're giving. That's where you're giving, but it's nourishing your soul. You're being filled up as you're pouring out. I guess maybe the best way I can illustrate this is our staff, we've been, we've been doing something uh, we're, go we're going through a health challenge right now, a, a little health challenge. And uh, they didn't know when I set this up that I'd find a way to work it into my sermon. But you just got to know if you hang around me, nothing is off the table. Uh, anything can be used in a sermon at any point. So we're going through this health challenge. 
But what you got to understand is, is that, and I say we, there may be a few of them that are rebelling. And uh, that's okay. They'll be fired at the end if they don't participate. But we're going through this health challenge. And the uh, way I set it up wasn't a certain goal, achieve a certain goal. You got to make so many steps. You got to drop so many pounds. You got to hit a certain body fat percentage. The, the way I set it up is the routine is the reward. Every day, you got to make healthy choices every day. You got to enter in your points every day. The routine is the reward. I mean, when you see it that way, like with this thing, man, I don't have to wait till I win to celebrate. I celebrate every time I put something on that chart. And can I just tell you, you don't have to wait to celebrate. If you can't celebrate anything else, you made it here today. I mean, celebrate that. You could have slept in. You could have decided to do something else, but you made it here. So you got to celebrate that. And see, a lot of us, we desire the reward, but we despise the routine, not realizing that the routine is the reward. So Jesus said, will you abide? Can I tell you, you will never arrive if you can't learn to abide. You'll never reach if you can't learn to remain. So all the goals we wanna to get to, all the dreams we have, all the areas where we wanna grow, never realize those if you don't remain. You gotta practice that. Paul said, keep putting into practice everything you've received from me, everything that you've learned from me, heard me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. So your advantage is your routine. So let's practice that. Let, let's practice serving with a grateful heart. Let's practice giving generously. Let's practice speaking God's word. Let's practice believing for miracles. Let's practice praying bold prayers. Let's practice honor. Let, let's practice integrity. Let's practice showing mercy. Let's practice giving love. Let's, let's practice these things. Let's practice hope. Let's practice showing grace. See that your advantage is your routine.